Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. It's different for everyone. One thing is certain. Every day there's an opportunity for a win. Just like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Everyday grab-and-go. Everyday giftable. Everyday fun. It's where anticipation meets instant gratification. Like the new Virginia Lottery Scratcher High Roller Blackjack with a chance to win up to 10 times your prize. Now, that's an everyday win. Drive to a retailer near you. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 4.16. Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brand. Really special edition today. I'm devoting it all to an interview with someone I've admired for a while. You know, my day job is at Villanova, one of our more... uh, prominent alumni is Scott O'Neill. Scott O'Neill is the president of two teams, um, the New Jersey Devils of the uh, National Hockey League and of course the Philadelphia 76ers of the NBA. He is the chief executive officer of HBSC, Hair Splitzer Sports and Entertainment that own those two teams. What a journey he's had. And he's got a book. And this is not just a corporate leadership book. It is a special book. We're going to get into it with Scott O'Neill, the CEO of Harris Blitzer Sports and Entertainment, the man behind two teams that ran them through the pandemic. But it's going to be a different kind of interview, really about life and things like that more than business. I want you to listen to Scott O'Neill and his new book called Be Where Your Feet Are. Before that, a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. The first round was fun, but round two is no joke. That's where the contenders are separated from the pretenders. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $100. That's 100 to 1 odds for any basketball game. That's right. Any basketball team that's still in contention in the second round, just bet a dollar. And if they win, you get $100 in site credits. DraftKings safe, secure, reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So, Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code ROSS when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on your basketball team of your choice. Win the next game, and if they do, you will claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code ROSS. For a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Wager paid out inside credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. I do want to say something quickly about the Julio Jones trade that just happened yesterday. I'm recording on a Monday. It happened Sunday, the 6th of June. Before we get to Scott O'Neill in a minute, this was obviously going to happen. And there's some talk out there that Julio Jones got his way and got out. Listen, the only reason he got out is the team wanted to get him out. Uh, They were in such cap hell. The Falcons have put themselves in a cap jail that they desperately need to get out and couldn't get out until now. So they lost market value by not being able to trade him before June 1 because now they can offload some of his cap charges into 2022. But I've said this before, it was a massive contractual mistake, not of the order of magnitude of like a Carson Wentz or Jared Goff deal, but for positions outside of quarterback, this is right up there. They did a massive extension in 2019, and the extension years are for starting in 2021. So they made a big mistake, and this idea that Julio Jones got out, he got out because they wanted him out and because they got themselves in such trouble to get out. They couldn't get a first-round pick. We knew that wasn't, gonna, wasn't going to happen for them. They got a second-round pick, the best they could do. Uh, it just stuns me all the time that they got the same compensation for Julio Jones that they got for Mohammed Sanu. So think about that. So 
that's my rant about Julio Jones. He's in a better place, obviously, because the Titans only pick up his salary. They don't have to deal with all the cap BS that now the Falcons do. And Falcons will have some huge charges for a guy that's no longer there. That's my rant about Julio Jones. And now we get to our special guest, the CEO of the Philadelphia 76ers, the New Jersey Devils, Harris Sports Business Entertainment, and a new author of the best-selling book that's out right now called Be Where Your Feet Are. Without further ado, Scott O'Neill. Great to have you on the pod, Scott. Welcome. Hey, it's wonderful to be here and I uh, love your work. I know you're very active in the sports business, but also in in leading the Morad Center. You do incredible work. Humbled to be here. Yeah, thanks so much for coming. I want to get right to it. You wrote this book, Be Where Your Feet Are. It resonated a lot with me personally. I think it will with all our listeners and people out there. And I think the first question to ask is, you know, you're busy with all these jobs. you got a lot going on in your life. I get the question all the time, why don't you write a book? And it just seems like such a gargantuan task. I do my columns and my podcast. Um, why the book and how did, how did it happen? Sure. You? It's a great question. I mean, the first thing is that, you know, I, I, we all have a purpose in life. And, and as you get older, that purpose becomes more and more clear. And I, I generally have a sense that my purpose is to help develop the next great generation of leaders. And I'm very passionate about it, whether that's at home with my three daughters or at church with young men I work with or in my office or, or those that I mentor and coach along the way in their careers. And there's no greater joy for me in what I do and, and how I do it than to see someone I get to work with, you know, kind of far surpass what, what my, my goals are for myself. It's, it's pretty awesome. So, so that's one kind of core piece. The second piece is that life is messy. Yeah. Uh, and I wish it were nice and easy and smooth. And I wish when I was 22, my version of what would happen between 22 and 51 was a nice, easy um, coasting ride on a bicycle down a hill. And, and unfortunately, it's messy. Um, things happen. You know, you get fired from your job. You run a company into the ground. You, your best friend takes his own life. You, you stumble, you trip, you fall. Um, you struggle with your daughter. You know, all these things. Oh, by the way, all those things happen to me. Um, but I do want the, the, you know, my message to everybody is that it's okay. Like it's, it's going to be okay. And while you're sitting in the eye of your personal storm in any moment, you know, and um, if you're a 14 year old girl, like my daughter, Eliza, it, it might be that, you know, your friends are all having a sleepover and, and you didn't get invited and they're making TikTok videos. And for you, that's the end of the world, but it's not, you know, for some of us that are deep in our careers, you might make a big mistake and have it splashed all over the papers. I've, I've done that too. And, and, and at the time it feels like, you know, everybody in the world is reading about how awful you are and, and that's not fun, but you're in the eye of your little storm and you forget, you've got to take, pull that lens back and stop staring right at that tree and have a little bit of a longer horizon in terms of where you want to go and what you want to do. Um, and, and I think that'll help you through the storm. So, so three parts, one is simply, um, I hope it develops. I hope to develop people, and I hope this helps. Um, second is I want the message to be that it's okay when things go wrong and life is messy, and you're going to be okay. And, and the, the third thing I think is to to help get people understand that when they're in the eye of that storm, if they can pull that lens back a little bit, find some perspective, life gets better. You know, one thing when I I have to admit this, Scott, when I heard a book by Scott O'Neill, I'm like, okay, another CEO book. 
about how, you know, tell me all the deals they negotiated and how this guy offered something low and they were able to come to <laughs> compromise. And frankly, I've been asked to write that book, you know, war stories from the Packers and things like that. And I, again, totally, totally uh, disclosure. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to read that. <laughs> you know, there are enough of those out there. Um, but what you just described and what I've read uh, and I did, you know, it was cover to cover over the weekend at the beach. I loved it. Um, the, the word that sticks out and you just talked about it to me is vulnerability. Uh, people resonate when they see someone vulnerable and human, uh, especially with a lot of achievements, because from the outside looking in, you've had these great accomplishments and running two teams and working with David Stern and, you know, all these things, yet you show a lot of humility and vulnerability and what you just mentioned, talking about the loss of your best friend and getting fired. And that's, I'm just saying it, that's what people relate to. And you did a great job with that. I appreciate that. I, um, I find that that's where all the learning takes place. Um, you know, we've, we've had our fair share of, of wins and I, I'm not, I'm not ashamed. I'm proud of what, you know, what I've done, what I've accomplished. I just think that, you know, what the world is paying off on right now is not reality. It's not the peek behind the curtain. It's not the peel back the onion. It's like the Instagram version. Like you want like, Hey, the perfect CEO. Well, guess what? She, she doesn't exist. Right. You, know, you want the perfect dad. He doesn't exist. You want the perfect, you know, saint. He doesn't exist. And, and, um, and I think that's what we see on Instagram. That's what we see on Facebook. And I, and I, I, I don't, like I, I love that people post stuff about their families and their daughter got in Yale. Good for you. My son scored a winning goal. Awesome. All that stuff I want to see. I just don't want it to impact and influence us to think that that's how life is. And I think from, from the outside, I think you called it like, Hey, I, I look like the perfect candidate, right? Married for 25 years, the same woman. She's amazing. These three, three daughters who are all accomplished and doing amazing things in their young ages. And I've got this cool job and, and I just, I just want, you know, everyone to know that one, it is a grind out there and things happen. And man, isn't it nice uh, when you, when I reached out to my friends, when I was going through one of my own personal trials and tribulations and, and going through a, a version of grief that I couldn't even comprehend um, that I, that friends of mine were telling me, Hey, here's what happened to me. Hey, I don't know if you didn't know the story about me, but here's what it is. And it was what a blessing to have people be vulnerable enough to, to share sometimes when, when they weren't at their best or, you know, they were, they were hoping those cameras weren't around at that point. So, so yeah, I, I, I appreciate that. Um, I had this kind of a, a, um, an unlikely, I was in the bubble in Orlando and, um, which was a, the NBA held their games in a, in a kind of controlled, what they called a bubble right. in Orlando. And I, I was fortunate enough to go down there. And I remember my first game, I was the only fan. And I remember thinking like, I'm either the luckiest guy in the world or the most unlucky guy in the world. And I couldn't decide which one, but it was really kind of a strange, cool situation. And then the next day um, they had us separated. It was really early in COVID. So we didn't really know, you know, how germs spread and all that kind of stuff. So there were big plexiglass between um, people watching the games. And so there was somebody threw like double plexiglass to my right. And somebody threw double plexiglass to my left. The left had to be Adam Silver, who's a dear friend and commissioner of the NBA, which was, which I thought, what a treat, you know? And then to the right was Bob Iger. Mm. CEO of Disney. I'm like, this is the guy. Right. I had just read his book, and uh, there's a point to this story. And I just read his book, and and um, as we we're walking out, they, we we had to stay like literally like 20 feet away. But I was screaming to him, "I loved your book." But what I loved about his book was he talked about this one section um, where he was vying to be the CEO of Disney, and he had a nervous breakdown. 
And I thought, and I said to him, I said, good for you. I said, we all have so much pressure and we have so much stress. And we have so much anxiety and we are fighting the good fight every day. And sometimes it looks easy. I mean, and, and for me from the outside, Bob Iger looked pretty easy. Yeah. You know, he's, I think he's married to like Willow Bay and, you know, big stars, the power couple. And he has the greatest job in the world, right? CEO of Disney, Disney Corp. Um, and good looking and handsome and doing these incredible deals and buying Pixar. You know, you're like, okay, like, you know, but yeah. but but even the great Bob Iger, you know, has, has had his run. So I, I, I appreciate the, the, the thoughts and the sentiment. And I'm not sure I could write the, the pat on the back celebration book. I just don't think I have that in me. And even if I did, I definitely couldn't talk about it. It just makes me uncomfortable. I'm, I'm much more uh, centered and comfortable talking about the, the times when things didn't go so well. I want to get to the, the sort of be where your feet are uh, core concepts. One thing that sort of resonated between both work life and home life was the, our digital uh, addictions. And, you know, something that I've tried to incorporate with my family and at work, just sort of when when the phones come out, uh, it resonated with me when you say things like both at work and at home, like, I'll wait. You know, while you're looking at that and at, home, at work too, like I'll wait. And that just really disarms people. It uh, does. It's about Beyond the other end of that is really humbling. And, and my wife, she, she's, she's, I married a very strong woman. Her name's Lisa, Lisa Reynolds O'Neill. I married, I married a Lisa too. Oh, uh, good. I, I hope they're all as strong as my wife. Um, but she, she, man, she sets me my tracks. And, you know, sometimes like I have a good reason. Like I, I'm not a guy who just scrolls through Twitter, scrolls through Facebook, or just cruising through TikTok. Like, I, I typically like hop on my phone for scores or check if I'm expecting an email or a deal or whatever. And man, she she gets me with that. You know, I'll wait. Like, hey, whatever you're doing, I said, no, no, no I'm just checking because it's playoffs. And I'm, you know, she's like, no, 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 no. If what you're doing is more important, like, just let me know. It's all good. And um, boy, what what how refreshing is it to have people in your life that love you enough to tell you the truth. You know, the, the digital thing with the I'll wait, and you talked about meetings at work where you sort of put the, the phones in a, in a bin in the middle of the desk. Uh, and it, it, what's really disarming is when you, I read this once, when you go out to lunch with someone or dinner or sitting across, like even a one-on-one, -on -one, the moment one of you picks up your phone, it's over. Like it doesn't have to be both. Right. One picks up the phone, it's over. You might as well just have checked out of dinner and you can have this deep conversation and then someone picks up the phone, it's over. So what do you suggest in terms of being there, being where, being present, being where your feet are in both work and home uh, and separating from the digital world at least? Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a, I, I can give a really simple answer, but, um, but the truth is, is much more complex. Um, these companies are, are designed to get us to pick up our phone. Right. You know? And we live in a world with the, the preconceived notion that you have to be available 24 seven. So, so the real answer is, you know, it's on us, it's on me, it's on you. Um, and, to, and the fact is we're coming out of COVID. Like we're all isolated. We're all awkward. We're all hurting our, our skills, our conversation skills need some brush up, you know, um, our small talk needs some brush up. Um, we don't have that as interesting lives to talk about. I mean, we're talking about what we watched on Netflix as, a, as opposed to what movie we went out to, to go see or what game we, we checked out or what concert we're going to see. So, so we need, we need to be aware uh, for one, 
we actually just need to commit. And, you know, I, I, you know, having been isolated for, you know, a year plus and I was out with some friends and I look around and five, I, I was on my phone, five or six were on their phones. I'm like, yo, I haven't yeah. seen guys in a year. Like what, let's, let's commit. You know, I've got, I've got questions. I want to talk. I want to learn, you know? So I, I think we have to be okay. Um, raising our hand. I think we have to be okay asking for the phones in the middle, you know, being the mom, if you will, of the group. Uh, in, in the office, I, I think there's such incredible value for me to, to turn to you, Andrew, and say, hey, I understand your daughter had a game this weekend. How'd she do? Or, hey, you're down the shore. How was your weekend? Or, hey, did you go on a boat this weekend? Oh, man, how about that rain? We don't do that anymore. Yeah. Like, there's no conversation. It's like our lives become what used to be just the elevator. You remember in the elevator? Nobody said, I don't know why nobody talks in the elevator, but nobody talks in the elevator. Um, but now it's like that's moved to the pre-meeting the pre-meeting is where the action happens that in my in, in my opinion like that's when deals get done that's when you help each other that's when you you, you know you phone a friend and I, and I think we need to bring that back um you know you sit down with your family at home it's like you know we have a no phone policy at our at whenever we eat and um and i'm, I'm not advocating people can choose to ha- live however they want to live their lives for us that's a time where we need to talk um and, you know, with teen, I have teenagers, so it's like, hey, how was school? Good. You know, what'd you learn? Nothing. Right. Fine. Like, this is our chance. And life is busy. And we don't have many minutes with these kids. We don't have many minutes with each other. And um, if COVID taught us nothing else, it's it's like, man, appreciate the, the, the preciousness and the fragility of time and connection. And it's upon it's on each of us, you know, and, and we have to be okay talk, talking about it. I, I I talk about awareness a lot with groups I talk to, and I just say, hey, you, you know, how many Zooms calls you've been on? Ten a day. I mean, it's like how many times is like that one gal is like she's got her video off, she's yeah. got it off for a week, something's up. You know, her her voicemail box is full, something's up. Her she hasn't texted you back, something's up. Like we have to when we're okay. And we're flying and things are good and we're smiling and we're feeling connection and we're feeling productive and positive and alive. We have to be more aware and we have to reach out and we have to help each other. And, and that goes for, for now. It's just like in the old days when you see a, you know, an old couple kind of wheeling their, their groceries out, you say, hey, you need help with that. Like we need that with each other right now. Um, um, and so I, I think there's an opportunity for us to, to dig in and, and lean in and lean on each other. I mean, that, that connectiveness is what we need. We're social creatures, and I've been to two of your games recently, you know, with the Sixers. I was there during the regular season when I believe there were 3,000 fans. And despite being a great thing for parking and getting out, <laughs> it was a tough atmosphere. And then I went last week when I finished the um, series with the Wizards and knocked them out. Oh, my God. Uh, the connectivity of people the the community aspect the smiles not just because we were winning the smiles on everyone's face just being out there and together we missed that for a year and a half obviously and we're back but you talk about lessons learned from them and you just mentioned a couple just we are social beings and sometimes we lose that in the pandemic put us more inward uh so as we come out of it your book is right on cue for being more community-based and helping out a friend and helping out someone that needs it. I appreciate it. I, I will say that these games, I mean, look, we're all looking for now. Some of us, um, as we hit a certain age, we're looking for meaning and purpose and, and what yeah. we do and who we are. And 
And as I've, I've told my team several times at the Sixers and at HBSC, like, we have to look no further for meaning and purpose. Like, we are here to bring people together. We are here to build community. We are here to bring that connective tissue. We're here to bring joy. Like, it, it's it's pretty rewarding to, to look out and say, like, okay, we can help heal. Like, what, what a noble pursuit um, to to work every day to bring communities together. You come, you scream, you shout, you dance, you high five, you hug perfect strangers. That's a that's a mission. I, I can sign up for that one. Yeah. Talk about some of the the more um, granular steps that you advocate in terms of. You know, I'm a big fan of Ryan Holiday and stillness being the key and meditation. You know, we don't have to get all Zen here, but for instance, with me, uh, fitness is a non-negotiable. So that's part of my day, no matter what I got going on, I'll, I'll squeeze that in. And I feel like it's a win when I get my workout in, and that's an easy win for the day. Uh, but talk about some of the steps you advocate in the book towards sure. being a little more centered. Sure, sure, sure. I, I, the ones in the book are, let me just tell you what, what I advocate for, and then I'll go to the book. First, first, I love what you said about physical. I say do something for your mind, something for your body, and something for your soul every day. Get sleep. Practice gratitude, put your phone down, your head up. That's my simple formula I talk about at work all the time. And it's woven in and out of the book. Um, and but but and I, I truly believe, and it's really hard to talk about something for the soul at work. Nobody wants to hear it, nobody wants to talk about it. And I know it's a sensitive world these days. And that's where I talk about meditation. You don't have to read scriptures and prayers. And I, I that, that works for me, but it doesn't have to work for everybody. And you know, but but you do have to find stillness. You really do. And for for, for people who are wired like I am, it's really difficult. You know, I have trouble sitting down for five minutes, let alone for, for 15 to get, get some peace. But if, if you, you know, you might be, you know, you might be one, someone who finds that peace when you run. You might find that peace in yoga. You might find that peace in sitting out and listening to the birds trip. You might find that peace in pure meditation, um, but you've got to find it. And I, I totally agree on physical exercise. You know, the, if you didn't exercise in COVID, you're never going to exercise. Like we had time, right? Um, right. I think in terms of, of learning something new, you got to learn something outside your, your job. And when I was when I grew up, I'm sure you, when you grew up, same business, same same uh, same generation. People told us sleep is for the weak, money never sleeps, you know. And now every research study I read, all the groups that come in and talk to our players, they say that you need seven hours of sleep because your body has to heal, your mind has to heal. And so I, I think there's something to that. And then practicing gratitude, I talk about quite a bit, and that's really simple. It's like everyone that's listening to this should just take their phone out and text their mom, and tell her they love her and why they appreciate her. And why they're so, why she's so important in her life. And, and, um, I, I, I said this so many times, it becomes like repetition, but like the reaction from your mom will tell you a lot about how much you practice gratitude. And so if she says, hon, what's wrong or everything. Okay. Like you gotta do better. And it's not just about your mom, but you should start there because she's probably an underappreciated class. Um, but, but man, if we just get our head up, start thinking about our mentors, teachers, coaches from the past, Somebody from the Packers you worked with made an impact on your life. I mean, that's an easy one, right? Um, a professor that made an impact, a student that made an impact, an employee, a peer. You know, we, we, you know, this is 60 seconds a day. That's all I'm asking for. And I think if you're starting to, you know, I think we have a sign in our house that says, um, it's, not, it's not happy people who are thankful. It's thankful people who are happy, mm-hmm. which right. I love. I just love the notion of that, you know. Uh, but but in the book, I talk a lot about perspective as well. It's a great story about a, a gentleman I work with, Dave Schaller. Right. Uh, he was, uh, you know, he grew up in a, in a trailer park and uh, his dad was battling uh, addiction throughout his whole life and went in and out of 
living under the boardwalk, living with them, living in a shelter. And, and his mom was raising the four kids by herself. And, you know, he was feeling sorry for himself and frustrated and mad. And why did I have a yard and all that kind of stuff? And they were going to once again pick him up at the shelter. You know, he'd sobered up and uh, he drives up and he's still mad when they get to the shelter. And he looks up and his dad's walking towards him and he finds over his dad's right shoulder, this woman with a blue duffel bag and three kids about the age of his younger siblings. And his big message was, huh, she doesn't have a car. She doesn't have a trailer park to go home to. You know, she's not picking anybody up. She's moving there to stay. And the only thing she has in that blue duffel bag. And for him, that perspective of like, you know, as opposed to why me, why me, why me? He's like, you know what? It could be worse. I'm going to make the best of the situation. And I think we all need some of that perspective in our life. All of us. Um, you know, I talk about reflective strengths. I just talked about in terms of meditation, critically important. I talk about um, writing a leadership constitution or having a daily mantra. Um, I, I don't know. I'm, you know, look, I'm a product of the 70s, that kind of j- just north of the hippie days. And my parents, one was a PhD and one was a, had a master's. Now she's now a PhD, my mom. But she was a, had a master's in child education. So they were they were laboratorying us. You know, we were just like a bit of, growing up in a laboratory. Right. And they used all these positive affirmations and all this other stuff. And, I, you know, I, we used to tease my mom and dad when we became teenagers quite a bit. But I think there's something to it. I really do. I think, um, you know, figuring out who you aspire to be, who you are as your best self and writing that down on a piece of paper. You know, um, you know, I declare that I am dot, dot, dot. You can count on me to be dot, dot, dot. You write it down. You put it on your mirror. You read it. And you're going to see. You feel so foolish reading it out loud. You will. I promise you. You know, the first five, six, seven times. But after that, it just becomes okay. You know? I just want that. I want that in my head. I want to, I want to manipulate my subconscious to get me going in the right direction so that I can be the best version of myself every day. In perspective, you talked about Dave Schaller's story uh, with the homeless. You bring up a story in that in your book about another employee you have uh, that I've dealt with for 10 years named Lara Toscani Weems. The most positive person I've dealt with, uh, one of the most in sports. And I had no idea. You know, I had no idea she was dealing with issues with her son for so long. And it gives me a whole new perspective. I mean, we don't know what people are going through. Oh, that's true. And think about her perfect example, right? I mean, she is a ray of sunshine. Yes. She is a ball of positive energy. There's nobody like her. She runs corporate communications. There's nobody like her in the world. I mean, she's as great as her job as she is a wonderful person. And yet she hit rock bottom. You know, for a good reason. And I know, um, I know, I know, and no one, you know, deal with her. She's like you said, she's all smiles and right. She could have said at any time, "Hey, Andrew, hey, you know, I'm dealing with a tough thing with my son." Which, yeah, amazing. We, we have, um, you know, it's pretty amazing. We have, uh, we have this event every year. Most people have a retreat. We said we don't, we don't retreat. We go forward. So it's called the Go Forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and, and our, our top emerging talent, they're the ones that facilitate the leadership sessions. Um, so we typically have five pairs and, and, and when they open, they tip, they're strongly encouraged to share something of themselves in a story that reveals something of themselves that's related to the topic they're talking about. Um, but also gives some insight into who they are and, and how they operate. And that was a story that she shared. And I mean, this is as hard charging a room as you'll ever find. I mean, this is like a bunch of, uh, you know, this is a sales and marketing machine in there and they're very aggressive. There was not a dry eye in the place. Yeah. And, um, and it's, it's humbling. It's humbling for her to share that, you know, personal that is, 
But like she chose to share it because she thought um, it could make a difference. I'm sure it was it was healing for her as well. But um, but yeah, everybody has their own story. Everybody's had their own time, and um, and and the more you can get comfortable sharing those, and uh, I think it'll make make the world a little bit better. In our closing comments, I just want your thoughts. Uh, we're t- 12 days away from Father's Day. I just think this is such a great work for dads. Uh, yeah, I mean, you do a lot of stories with your kids, obviously, but I think generally for dads to sort of understand. You know, I read a, I read a stat last week that just humbled me and you, it will you, that 80% of your kids' time with you is before they leave for college. So... There's that 20% after, and that doesn't sound like a lot. No. Uh, so, yeah, when you talk about be where your feet are, be where your kids are, savor that time, be there for them. But as this is a great Father's Day gift, any other thoughts about being a dad? That Yeah. You yeah thank you for that. Thank you. Um, I, I would say that the introduction to the book, I mean, there's some really cool stories in there um, about some some slips and falls as a dad, but, but one of my favorites is um, – you know, I was at this YPO, this Young Presidents Organization. It's this organization, a global network of CEOs and presidents that I belong to. And it was at this, um, my daughter was preteen at the time. She's 17 now. And they, they separated the dads and the daughters and said, hey, you got 30 minutes, 30 minutes to tell your daughter everything you need to tell her because it's the last time you'll ever see her. Mm. And, um, and I wonder, you know, I wonder, like, how we had those conversations. Cause that's why it was so overwhelming to me. It's like I was disappointed in myself. I'm like, well, why haven't I had that conversation? Like, why haven't I challenged myself? Why, you know, I had another one with another daughter in the book. It's like, I wrote a love letter. We each wrote love letters to each other. We read them to each other. And it's simple, right? Simple exercise. But when's the last time you wrote a love letter to your daughter or your son? Here's why I care about you. Now, here's what, what matters to me in life. Here's why you matter. Here's how you're going to make a difference in the world. Um, here's why you're so important to me. And I think there's some really simple, those two alone, if you have those conversations with your kids over the next couple of weeks, it's a, it's a huge victory and it creates some really meaningful memories and moments and happy father's day for those of you out there. Happy father's day. This will come out a week before father's day and it'll be lasting. Scott, this is a great book. Be where your feet are. Your um, testimonials are all, all my favorites. Adam Grant, Sophie Bacal. Uh, these are, this is exactly what we need at this time and place. Uh, be where your feet are. It's out now. Uh, St. Martin's Press, where you where you buy your books. Appreciate you coming on the podcast and amplifying. Hey, I'm, as I said, I'm a huge fan. Anything, anytime. And I appreciate the platform. Wish you the best. And happy Father's Day to you. Same to you, Scott. Be well. Take care. That was special. Scott O'Neill, president of the Sixers, president of the New Jersey Devils, head of Harris Blitzer Sports and Entertainment, and a different guy than I thought because he's very grounded and gives great life lessons. Be where your feet are is out now. Hope you enjoy it. And uh, I thought it was a good, good lesson for all of us um, to listen to Scott. That'll do it for this week's edition of the Business of Sports. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew Brandt. Always subscribe, if you haven't, to the newsletter. Sunday 7, every Sunday morning, delivered to your inbox. Sign up at andrew-brandt.com. Apple Podcast rankings are always appreciated. Give us a good ranking if you can, if you would, if you like the podcast. Thanks to my producer, Brian Neal, my musical producer, Sam Brandt. The music you hear is by him. I'll be back next week with another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. It's different for everyone. One thing is certain. Every day there's an opportunity for a win. Just like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Every day grab and go. 
Everyday giftable. Everyday fun. It's where anticipation meets instant gratification. Like the new Virginia Lottery Scratch or High Roller Blackjack with a chance to win up to 10 times your prize. Now, that's an everyday win. Drive to a retailer near you. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 4.16.